Um, welcome to Surviving Danger Close, uh, round two of episode two. Right. Um, fortunately, uh, we tried to start on time, and we had some audio issues, connection issues, I think. Yeah. Uh, and uh, if we're cleared up, we're clear. So, that's good. Um, yeah. Now John's speaking Spanish to us, so. Oh, thanks, John. I'm gonna have to uh, go to Google Translate for that. Um, as you can see. John is not with us right now. He is watching it live. Uh, he had a uh, something come up and couldn't make it today for our recording. So we uh, pulled his ugly mug behind the camera and uh, so he can join us out here now. Yeah, I'm, I'm always used to being behind the camera, behind the stage, and now I get to come out here and see if I remember what to do in front of the camera and in front of people. Well, we've got... Uh, you got the remote, so you're still technically behind the camera. Right. Yeah. Right. Still still running everything off my computer over here. So if you see me glancing to the right, it's just making sure that everything's still And I'm still glancing going. down for anything on our podcast. Okay, Sherry says it sounds good, so I think we're good there. Good. Um, you got the chat up there? Yep. Okay. Yeah, yeah John and his, uh, his foreign language there. Yep. Um, so as you can see, now that John's not with us, we get to see the full couch. Yeah, I had to do that joke twice now. Right. And uh, <clears throat> now we got a new couch in here, so a uh, little bit more comfortable than the last one. It's and a, a little less intimate, but that's probably for the best. Yeah, that's okay. Um, we also got a new flag, and uh, that's going to be with us for a while. You guys can see it on our Facebook page as well. And we are streaming live to Facebook. Yep. So the good news, would you like to share the good news? You did a lot of work on it. As far as what is finally uploaded that we can listen to. Oh, yeah. So finally uploaded, we have our introduction, which uh, introduced you to our two main uh, people, Justin and John. Dustin and John. Putting you together, I'll just call you both Justin now. There you go. And uh, Less words. Right. <laughs> uh, so we've got our introduction up and episode one that we did a couple of weeks ago. Yep. Uh, did that as a live. Uh, the audio is fixed because I know... Uh, we had the issues. Oh, yeah. yeah, we had issues. Yep. I had the wrong audio board last time. Uh, I got a new board. That's why we can at least hear it more clear this time. This time, <laughs> right? Right. The crackle was not my board. Just no, that, that was apparently my internet connection. So we had yep. to rearrange a few things. Yep. But I did fix the audio. So if you go to SoundCloud or iTunes, uh, to or the podcast, any podcast. Download where other ones working because I yep. didn't I didn't connect to Google Play because uh, I haven't tried that. Well, does it automatically go there when you? The one I use is Podcasts. Yeah, that's the, that app. That, that's the iTunes podcast. Oh, is it okay? Yeah. So it's on iTunes. We know for sure. Yep. Um, and if, if anybody you, can comment to see if they do not see it, let us know. Yeah, and I'll uh, I'll do what I can to get up on any any podcast service. Uh, so if you do uh, SoundCloud, uh, you can download a SoundCloud app and like our page on there. It's Yep. Same page as everywhere else, just surviving danger close. Uh, Look did, for the full yep. orange logo. Yeah, the very orange logo. Roaring. I love it. Right. Roaring orange. And it's right. deer season, so it works out pretty good. Right. That way everybody can see. So You know, I think I know why John's not here. I think so, too. Uh, if you look at the title that uh, we put on, uh, I did put, yeah, I did title yep, the video. Yeah, did title. Uh, it's, it's in reference to a musical. And, uh. Some of us are not as cultured as others. Okay, that's a lie. Um, no, we like Alexander Hamilton. John has his own opinions. We'll let him be. 
But yeah. I think it, we scared them off with Hamilton. I think so, too. Because uh, somehow I was – I said at the, kind of a teaser at the end of the last one that we're going to go with trauma and how Alexander Hamilton, the musical, fits into this. And if you uh, haven't had a chance, you can watch a stage production on some big company's streaming site. May start with D and rhymes with Isney. Right. Not that we're quoting right. anything. <laughs> um, no, but in there, um, there is a scene where Alexander Hamilton is really just wanting to go and fight. Uh, it, and, you know, back then, uh, that was a great way for him to go from his poverty-stricken life yep. to to be a very successful person later on. Financially successful, anyway. Yep, financially. He got the glory, and... Um, it was right after he and a group of his friends stole the cannons in, was it New York? Yeah. Yeah, and turned the British cannons on themselves and basically destroyed, I mean, I forget the number, but he destroyed ships and I well, mean, I mean, he cannons, tore it up. Cannons can do a lot. Or yeah. back then could do a lot. I know. I watched Pirates of the Caribbean. That's <laughs> too much of that D, isn't he? Oh, Isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but in there, and I could see Washington having this conversation with him, because uh, Hamilton's glory was in dying, really. I mean, he yeah. that that was how he was really going to go out, at least my interpretation of it was, and from reading history. But in there, George Washington becomes a mentor to him, and he looks at him and he says, dying is easy, young man, living is harder. And that's what I want to talk about today with everyone is survivor's guilt. Now, you are our resident civilian. I pride myself in that. Yeah. Um, he is the one that when uh, we say something like the talk, the, I forget the one you called us out on. Uh, the Was it the uh, anti-aircraft gun that you referred to as oh, yeah, R2-D2? Yeah, the R2-D2, it... the C-RAM. Yeah. Oh, payload. That was the one you got us on. Payload. Yep. Yeah. Um, he's the one that sits there, sits back and says, I got no idea what they're talking about. They need to define this, which is what we need. So there must be other, if I'm not catching it, there's got to be somebody else not catching Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Um, or we're just saying it wrong. That could be there's probably. A, right. um, what does survivor's guilt mean to you? Oh, wow. Putting me on the spot. Uh, I, I mean. You. I mean, really, I mean, it's uh, listening to other other people talk about it. I mean, a survivor's guilt is just feeling guilty for being the one who made it. Mm -hmm. uh, and you gave us another podcast to listen to earlier today. And when I was listening to that, I mean, he talked about many different types of guilt. Yeah. And, and the survivor's guilt, just being the one to... To make it all the way through, uh, there's also like a successful guilt where, I mean, it's it's kind of runs on the same line. But if you've got a family that your family isn't well off, yeah, then you start succeeding. You start feeling guilty for your success, and so I mean, kind of almost on the same line, just mm -hmm. not finance. Yeah. There is actually, I was listening. I'm kind of, I think I've mentioned it before, but I'm a podcastaholic. Um, there needs to be some PAs, not AA, but PAs. Right. Podcast Anonymous. I'd be heading that one up. 
Um, well, it wouldn't be very anonymous then. It'd, it'd probably be live streamed, so it wouldn't be yeah. very anonymous. Yeah, that'd be true. We'd have to share it. Right. It's a habit. No. Um, and there was one guy I was listening in preparation for this, <clears throat> and uh, he had said that he had survivor's guilt because he, and I'm quoting from him, I'm not taking anything away, he said the hood. He grew up okay. in a rough area, um, if I remember correctly, it was Chicago. And he says, I have survivor's guilt because I feel guilty that I made it. I survived. And he says, so many of my friends are still in that way of life. They're still back in Chicago or they're in, or they've, you know, died due to some violent means of dealing with drugs or some other criminal activity. And he was feeling guilty that he made it out and that he was successful. Um, sometimes survivor's guilt can be, you just plain survived, found a way to make your way through it. Right. Um, there's a couple different themes that I want to get into it. Uh, three different themes for survivor's guilt. Uh, guilty of surviving, which we had just mentioned. Guilty of what you could have done and guilty about what you did. Um, how are we doing on the chats over there? We're good? Right now, we got the laughy faces. So I'm not sure which joke it was, but we got some laughy faces. Probably probably the next joke at John's expense. Yeah, that's good. Right. Good job, guys. Um, yeah, so on the 14th, I did a live stream. And as we were talking earlier, if I didn't do a live stream, I would have probably deleted it and never would have done it. Um, and we've had some people reach out uh, to me personally after that. But... On October 14th, 2008, and uh, if you guys haven't seen the live stream back then, I'll kind of catch up. Um, my unit had a casualty while we were in Iraq. Um, I believe he was in Nasser Wasalam. There's a tongue twister for you. Um, we just called it NSA. Makes it easier. Or actually NWA, but well, yeah. Uh, and, that's another uh, story, right? Yeah. But the NSA. Um, <laughs> so, no, it was Nasser Wasalam. I'm pretty sure it was the area that they were in. And a round, so they got ambushed, and a round came off, and it was the round that missed. You know, usually that's a good thing, but this one ricocheted off, and his back plate and kind of played him like a pinball. And bounced around inside and did a lot of extensive damage. And he basically died to his wounds. Um, that hits me just because of somebody in my unit. Uh, I didn't know him real well. I met him just a few days before that because we were supposed to be traveling together. Uh, going to see our family. And I, I think he had a year-old, 15-month-old daughter uh, child. And... He was telling me, hey, Sarge, I'm ready to go back and, and see my family and spend time with them. Um, my wife and I were meeting in Europe because it gave us an extra day together. And when you're gone for 15 months, yeah, you'll take an extra day. Right. And, yeah, I heard who it was. And it just I remember sitting there like, man, I just, just talked to him. I mean, he was... You know, he was literally that far from me. We were having a good conversation, planning for what was coming up, and now he's gone. Um, he did go 
home about the same time. It was just in a under a flag, meaning uh, when they send the bodies home, they drape them with a flag and right. ship them all the way. I think uh, probably everybody's anybody who's watching this, I'm sure, has seen those videos. Yep, um, very emotional videos. Mm-hmm. Um, and for some reason, you know, it's been you know 2020, so it's been 22 years, right? Yeah, 2008, eight. No, no, 12 years. 12 sorry, years. yeah, yeah. Right, it feels like 22, I look pretty good but, for 60. Right. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you're right. It does feel like it. Um, so 12 years. Sorry, we'll edit that out maybe. Uh, <laughs> and so here we are, 12 years later. And if you had something that bugged you for 12 years, what what do you think would be the common reaction of most people? Man, after after 12 years, you'd think you'd shrug it off eventually. I mean, depending on yeah. how big it is. Right. Um, but, like, I mean, I guess you've had some family feuds in, in history that have lasted generations. Right. Because somebody stole a chicken or something. Um, I, I don't think anybody knows how the Hatfields and McCoys started, right? I don't even think they know. Right. I'm sure it was the other person's fault. And right. so why, after 12 years, would that sit there and bug somebody? And I talked about... Uh, anniversary dates of trauma um i didn't really realize this date was coming up um i mean it's 2020 we've been in this year for what five years now six years i think you might be being nice about it yeah trying to not to get into politics much but right. <laughs> unlike some podcasts that i sang right. earlier today right <laughs> um but here it is 12 years later and I'm still, it's like I said in the podcast, I was yelling at my family. I was not who I normally am. I think that was correct grammar. Mrs. Kirk from high school English. <laughs> and I couldn't really realize why I was still being so affected by it. And a lot of people don't know is, you know, I do go to therapy. I am a therapist. I mean, I know that you go to therapy voluntarily, but isn't that part of being a therapist is also attending therapy? You'd think. No? You'd think. Huh. Um, the crap that we have to deal with, you'd think somebody would say, hey, why don't we just get somebody to talk to? But no. No. In fact, I've been doing this for three, four years now, and there's only one other person that I know of that has openly admitted to me that they go to therapy to somebody else as well, the different organization. Hmm. I mean, obviously it has to be an organization because of conflict of interest. Right. But yeah, I go and, and, and it's just like, when you look at yourself, I, I can fix. Oh, okay. Let me rephrase that. Right. I can help people fix themselves if they're willing to. Right. I can sit there and okay. Yep. Because I can look at it objectively. As soon as it, You look in the mirror, it's like looking through that frosted glass. It's like what we got covering the light here. We can't see the light, but we can see the effects of it. Right. So we can see, I can see the effects. That's why you guys can all see us so well. Yeah. Next time we'll have to use a lower lower bulb. Oh, I I do want to back up for you. Uh, What do we got? Your 22 years. uh, 
John says that's army math. Just to uh, give you a little heads up on hey, that. Hey, I'm one. still closer that's than it. marine math. Right. Oh, I I have nothing to say about that. <laughs> I work with a marine. Uh, and of course, the best part about a brain injury is that you forget. But unfortunately, the heart never does. So correct. So going back to was that all, you, John? You not feeling that was John as well. I knew he was going to weasel his way in here. Yeah, Here's he, that he, we had he a figures, day without him. He figures it out. No. Yeah. I can, I'll just have to start it. No, John, we really it. do miss you. Hope everything's going well. Yes. Um, yeah. So you'd think with every, you know, 12 years, sometimes the, yeah. What were you doing 12 years ago today? 12 years ago today. Well, I was, today I would have been working in a factory dealing with the housing bubble burst. Of 2008, ah, yeah, and how that affected the uh, uh, the business of that factory. Okay, so that's ba- got yeah, some bar- barely surviving uh, uh, downsizing too. They did a big downsizing that year when the housing bubble burst, and I barely made the cut. That's there. on the south end of town, right? That, uh, that not at the where shop you're at, at now. No, that no uh, 2008. I was not where oh, I'm at. Okay. Now. Um, yeah, so, I mean, we remember traumatic things. Right. That, that, that's definitely a trauma. Yeah. You know, you didn't know which way was up, who's going where, and what is going on. Oh, very much. Um, yeah, most people you ask that question to, you know, what were you doing last week? I don't know. Oh, yeah, last week I have no idea. No idea. Nothing that emotional happened last week. Yeah, I was hunting on the weekend. That's about all I know. I went to work. I think I made it to work. Um, oh yeah, trees fell. No, that was two weeks ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was the other podcast. <laughs> yeah, uh, we don't remember how far back we go, or I'm sorry, we don't remember the stuff back then unless it was negative. The only positive things I think I can remember that are more than a year ago are the my kid's birthday, and even then, I, I get the month right, I might not get the days right, but, right? Um, so why why do you think someone feels guilty about something that they have no control over? You know, I think that's the big philosophical question, right? I mean, yeah. It, I mean, you're you're the one that's got the therapy. I'm I'm just a broadcast guy. That's my degree is broadcasting. <laughs> Today you're broadcasting, so, reporting and anchoring. <laughs> right. <laughs> and another um, news graphic. <laughs> Traffic and weather. Right. <laughs> Which reminds me whether my five year old was sitting next to the Google little okay Google Alexa thing. Oh yeah. Oh it's not Alexa, but it's a Google not home. A, yeah. And just all of a sudden I'll blue okay Google, what's the weather tomorrow? Okay. And I'm like, What'd you do that for? I just wanted to see if it rained. It's and it's <laughs> gonna sprinkle. <laughs> I'm like, so, okay, kid. So they're they're old already asking the box about the weather. Yeah. I'm like, you do realize you could just... I've had them... You know, what's the weather outside right now? I'm like, you're right next to a sliding door. Just look outside. (laughs) And uh, so I felt guilty about that time. And I felt guilty about that for a long time. And you're talking about losing that. Losing that individual. That individual. And were you out on patrol with that individual when it happened? Nope. Okay. I was... In fact, if we had to respond... If I had to go out to where he was at, I was probably a good hour. Okay. So So you weren't on the book to go and 
and then didn't. So the the fact that you guys were separated at that point had nothing to do with any personal choices. And you know what? Before that point, I bet you I couldn't even remember his name. Okay. Even though I met him two or three days before. Right. Um, I mean, of course, you know, you're training together. You see him in the field. You see him, you know, you see him at the ranges. Uh, I was attached to different units within our battalion. So I would go out and work with him. So, I mean, of course, I, I knew who he was. I knew his face. Um, but to pick him out of a lineup, I don't think the day before, I don't think on October 12th of that year, I could have picked him out of a lineup. So what makes you think... What? Why do you think you feel the survivor's guilt from this one? Because I made it home. Because I'm still sitting here. At talking that into time, a microphone. Talking into a microphone. Um, at that time, my thought was, you know, I have no kids. I was... My first three years of marriage to my wife, who is out there conspiring with your wife, I bet... Probably. Yeah. They're probably just waiting for musicals, to, live theater to open back up so we can have a musicals trip anyway. Yeah, that'd probably be good. watch the show again live. <laughs> and we'd been married for three years, but I was gone for 15 months of it. Mm-hmm. So at that time, I was like, you know, why me? Why, why did I survive and... We lost all those other guys, and now I'm wrapping in everybody that, and I showed the bracelet that I wear. I'm wrapping everybody into that. You know why? Why me? You know, and this is, you know, if John were here. You know, he'd speak for those with uh, first responder backgrounds. And when I knew he wasn't going to be here, uh, half hour before we start. No, I'm kidding. Right. Um, when I knew he wasn't going to be here, I started looking up a few other things for first responders. And there's a lot in there. There's survivor guilt for people who retire. Okay. Because they made it. They made it just because they retired. Now, their friends are still alive, but they're guilty that they retired and their friends didn't make it it, into retirement. I mean, even if their friends are seven years younger than them, I'm sure they still feel that, that that they they get to go on week-long camping trips without putting, yeah. without putting in a big request. Right. Um, or their friend just said, you know what, this isn't for me, and they stayed together. Uh, one article I read, or one paper I read was, guy got into the academy with his friend, they got put to the same department, and they kind of came up the ranks, and then his friend said, you know what, I'm done. And he went and did business or something like mm-hmm. that. And then he retired, and then he saw the financial difference between his friend and himself, and he felt guilty. Um, one person that I read, I was listening to a podcast, felt guilty because, had survivor's guilt because they were, um, they were not black. They were white, and they had survivor's guilt because of everything going on. And, you know, I'm, I'm not here to get into politics or anything like that but um you know that's that's kind of telling for the day and age that we're in where you can feel guilty just because you of what you how you were born and you know we had nothing to do with it right and yeah it's just you look at the guilt of 
the survivor's guilt and it affects a lot another one that i read a twin he and his brother were born his brother didn't make it through birth something he had no control over whatsoever they were the same age and had zero even memory yeah and he felt guilty and attempted suicide because his brother his twin brother was dead at birth Right. And he made it. So, I mean, as a therapist, what I, I don't know how much you would have studied anything like this, but what makes a person feel guilty about something that they can't control? Well, that's the last word you use, control. And that's something that I even now I'm realizing about myself. You know, we had plenty of a different attacks and people that we've lost from my unit. Um and, you know, I blame myself for quite a few of them for, whoa, many years. Um, just because, oh, I should have done more to help them out. You know, my job was, um, do we got a comment or something? Yeah, or, I mean, basically related to the fact that you, that it could have or should have been you. Could have or should have, yeah. Um, we were talking last episode about... Um, taking a round nearby and and uh, if you heard the the pre-fixed recording before you went in and fixed it oh yeah john's sound effect on that was it was nice um it sounded like three rounds coming in right (laughs) but there's been plenty of rounds that have come my way um and for whatever reason i'm here they're not and you want to go into a lot of it like we want to take control uh we want the control of what happens in those situations and even i mean is that telling of the type of person that enlists that of of that control or the the need for the control no um everybody pretty much wants control uh if we can you know all the movies are about control your own destiny you know um right yeah, I mean it. Some of them make fun of it, whatever. But we want that control because if we're in control, we wouldn't allow this to happen. Now, did I have anything to do with that young man's death twelve years ago? No. Did I have anything to do with the death of those that we lost in a massive? Mass Cal, which is a mass ca- massive casualty. Uh, we lost four guys in one attack to that were killed, and an entire squad was taken out. Um, well, really a platoon, but uh, we lost a lot of other guys due to injury that never came back to the battlefield. Oh. And, you know, did I have responsibility for that? Nope. Nope, I wasn't the one that took that round. You know, I wasn't the one that took that shot. I mean, and we just, we want to try to control the past. And I find it's interesting, the more I've been looking into this over the last week or two, well, really for the last 12 years, just not really knowing it. Right. Um, we want to control that past. We want to look back and say, I would have done, I should have done, or he should have done. And it's all those should have, would have, could haves. Right. And, you know, you can't change that. Um, 
I listened to a, another podcast this week, a veteran, and uh, he said, why is it that those, now I'll let John comment on the uh, first responders part, but why is it that right. those would, uh, veterans, drink on these anniversary days? And usually it starts out to, hey, here's a beer, you know, this as, is for as him. a tribute. As a tribute. Yeah. And then it leads up over time, the trauma builds and builds and builds, and it leads up to now this person is getting completely drunk, maybe problems with authorities, maybe in trouble with the law, lost a job. And it's like, look at the memory that you say you're remembering. You know, it just became an excuse. Right. Um, your mic trying to fall off again. Yeah, it's that table. Yeah, I think John fought with that last week. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then you got the, you know, that's pretty much the guilt of surviving. The next one we mentioned was the guilt of what you sh- could have done. And I think John alluded to that in his little comments yeah. there. Um, what could I have done to change that day? Nothing. Nothing. Right. I was an hour away. You know, yeah. I'd, you, you go back to that day, I wasn't scheduled to go that direction. You didn't give the order to go in that direction? Nope. There's literally nothing I could have done except, well, nothing. Right. Um, even if I knew it was going to happen, I couldn't change it. And yet we always, what's that famous saying, the hindsight's twenty twenty. Right. South Park does a great job with a superhero of Captain Hindsight. Yes. Talking yes. about that as well. <laughs> um, yeah. Yes, of course. Looking back, uh, when a friend of mine was killed, one of the medics, uh, I think I mentioned in the podcast, or not, the uh, in the live stream as well, um, they had been working in the same area, and the vehicle backed up just a little too far and hit that pressure plate. And oh. the bomb took off, and that's what killed him. Um, you know, that driver, I don't remember who the driver is, um, but, you know, maybe he's, he'll find his way to this podcast and remember that day. And, yeah, dude, it wasn't your fault. No. Uh, they were driving that up. same area for days. Right. And it just that one time, he finally backed up far enough. And it hit that pressure plate. Yeah, we don't know how long that pressure plate would have been there. Right. Um, you know, it's not his fault. Uh, you know, he's probably, I would imagine if I put myself in his place, I'd be thinking, man, I should have went right. forward right. faster. Or what, what sign didn't I see yeah. to know that there was yeah. a plate there? And Which also goes back... Uh, Gabe Gabriel on here. Oh, hey, Gabe. Yeah, always felt bad that it left his friends behind in Vietnam. And you know, again, I mean, where where does yeah, where does that come from? What, well, even look into World War Two. Um, we bought plots of land to bury our dead. Yeah, and just so they could be buried on. U.S. owned soil. Right. And then there's some that were given, um, 
you know, Vietnam, the same things. There's, I forget the number I used to know, but there is a lot that were never found and oh, yeah. will never be found. Right. Um, in fact, uh, in Iraq, when we were over there, Staff Sergeant Matt Maupin, Maupin, I think that's how you say his last name, he was a POW that was taken during the Iraq War a couple years before then. And our unit was the one that found his remains through some tips that we received. Um, I remember that day. That was the only one at that time that we knew of was a POW in Iraq. Oh, yeah. And we brought him back home. Um, our unit's very proud of that day because we brought one of our boys home, something that those in Vietnam can't say that they could do. Right. It, it was. It's literally impossible. I mean, you could go there now, and it you'd still never find them all. Right. And, you know, yeah, you know, I, I could have done all this. I could have made those different decisions. You know, just like that driver we were talking about. Yeah, he could have hit the gas a little bit sooner. But you know what? You didn't. We can't change that. But it wasn't the driver's fault. It wasn't the commander's fault. Um, to be honest, I blamed the commander for years. Right. You know, he should have brought an EOD team in. He should have, you know, because I was looking back on it after it all happened and knew the whole story. Right, with, with that easy hindsight of of knowing. <clears throat> oh, yeah, yeah, just second. keep talking. I don't know. Yeah, but it's, uh, it's tough to look back and just say, I survived, and I think in episode zero zero, John and I were talking about that, and I'd asked him. I said, "What if they asked you?" You know, he was talking about everybody come up saying, "Hey, thanks for your service, thanks for this," and yeah, that still makes me uncomfortable. I don't know how to. I still don't know how to respond for that. I mean, some people, it's tough to even accept generosity from others. So to yeah. accept a thank you for something that you just saw as your job, that's like. That's like thanking me for sending out a box. Yeah. That, you know, that's my job. So it was your job as you feel. I mean, a very noble job. I mean, much yeah. much more noble than sending out a box. So I don't want to, you know, get anybody too mad about that. But it's it's much more noble of a profession. But it was still your chosen profession, too. So how yeah. do you, so I mean, but how, your, how do you job was, your job is that? to send out a box. My job was to come back alive. Right. And as a veteran, from my standpoint, it was the same thing. That was my job. Mm -hmm. You don't get paid when you're you're dead. I mean, well, your family does, but you know, my job was to stay alive, bring my guys home. Right. You know, that was our responsibility. And you know, we left parts of us over there. Right. Know? And while you as a civilian side, I mean, yeah, I'm sure I'm not speaking for all veterans. I'm just coming from my experience, how I feel and how I look at life, which is completely different than most people. Just ask people I work with. Right. And if they're listening, you're not allowed to comment. Right. <laughs> so far, um, just John, John uh, praying that the driver didn't fall into the 22, uh, which I've thought yeah, about I'd like to that. talk yeah. about that a little bit later, too, yeah. the, the 22. Yeah, I've actually thought about that was, you know, uh, 
I don't even know yeah. how I'd get to know who it was. I know about the rank. I know the the unit or the company. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I've had that thought. Yeah. You know, what if he's he had survivor's guilt and now he's not surviving because yeah and and the 22 that john's alluding to would be the 22 combat veterans who take their lives every day uh sometimes still out in the field and but i think probably most of the time uh back here at home yep and i want to I was hoping that we'd, you know, finish talking about guilt before talking about it, but I mean, this is how I well, met Dustin. Well, it goes right into it, yeah. Yeah, it goes, I mean, I met Dustin. I have a, a Marine veteran that I work with that challenged me to do I'm the sorry. 22 push-ups. He is difficult to work with sometimes. <laughs> uh, but he challenged me to do those push-ups. Uh, so it was 22 push-ups a day for 22 days, and it ends mm-hmm. up on like 484 push-ups total. Uh I don't know if I've done 484 push-ups in my life until that point. <laughs> uh, but the whole point of the challenge is to challenge somebody every day. Now, I'm not that type of person. There's no challenge that I'm going to start calling people out on. Uh, but I'm glad he asked me. Uh, I'm one of few that actually went to completion on this, too. Mm. Uh, and it was really nice to... Uh, I've known Ken from Warriors Hope for a long time, yep. way before Warriors Hope was a thing. <clears throat> uh, and he introduced me to you. And so on my 22nd day, you know, we did a Facebook Live. And that's how I met you. Yep. Connecting through this idea of reducing our uh, combat veterans taking their lives. And, yep. and we know, and so it does roll right in. It's because of survivor's guilt is the main part yeah um i know see last count that i knew of was a couple years ago my unit that i deployed with that specific set of guys just the people that were over there not the people have been before or after in that unit just the people that i was there in with those dates we've lost more guys to suicide after we got back in the following years than we did in combat to include the guy that took his life while we were over there. Yeah, and that's it's a huge number yeah. when you really think about it. That's and why it, with Warriors Hope we have winning the battle after the war. Yeah. Okay, our war is done. My war is done over there. Not going no, back. Ne- never going back to a desert even the thought of going to Nevada is too much. I don't even like beaches anymore. Right. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. Um, it's, wow. Yeah, we've, and to me, that's that's why I hooked up with Ken, who mm-hmm. Ken Patrick Quinn is our director at Warriors Hope that I work with. I'm the assistant director. Um, and he brought this to me to, Kind of, he knew my parents. You know, long story short, and that's why he brought this to me. He's like, "Hey, you're in this field. I've got this passion for it." And he is. He's not a veteran, but he has a passion for veterans. Like, you know, it is contagious. Uh, Very much. I mean, that's (laughs) you're uh, sitting here. You wouldn't see me. Yeah, you wouldn't see me sitting here if if uh, uh, his uh, pathogens uh, got me going on it. Because he went on your your challenge and did one with you before earlier you in came the, here. Yeah, yeah, earlier in the time. Yeah, 
Yeah, because uh, your 22nd one was right yep. you know, behind the camera a few yards. Right. Um, and, yeah, it's survivor's guilt plays a lot into, now this is going to be very veteran-based because John's not here. I mean, John can add his comments. We'll keep checking on it. Yeah, remember, we do have a delay, too. There, yeah. There's a bit of a delay, so whenever you guys hear it, and then I get to read it, so we'll end up doing some backing up here. And we're just delayed in general. Right, there's that, too. Um, But for the veteran part of it, in my experience, a lot of the suicides come because I made it, they didn't. Um. One guy in our unit, I actually went to his funerals in Wisconsin, just across the uh, border at the UP. Um, beautiful drive, by the way. Right. And I went across the border there, and I went to represent our unit, deployed unit. Um, right before he committed suicide, his good friend, I mean, they were inseparable Oh, while we were deployed. Um, they, if you saw one, you were immediately looking to say, okay, where's the other one? Oh, yeah. And, uh, just real good friends, great guys. And the one, his friend committed suicide, I want to say weeks. I mean, it wasn't long. And then we found out that this guy had committed suicide. Yeah. So we lost two guys in three weeks three, four weeks maybe. And I went to his funeral and, you know, we, uh, yeah, I got a stuffed animal. He had a little girl, got a stuffed animal for a little girl. And, you know, looking at the family, my, my thoughts running through my head was, why am I even here? Yeah. Yeah. Here, he and I fight similar demons. Yeah. Why haven't it, why hasn't it taken me? Why did it take him? And the fact of just, there was a time where I felt guilty just because I was still alive. And he had, you know, they call it succumbing to your demons. Um, no, he's still a casualty of war in my book. Right, and it's one of those unwritten ones, too. Yeah. You, you won't find that in the statistic book. You're not going to get a, I mean, they're trying to do a Purple Heart now, I think, for PTSD or PTSI. Um, but you're not going to to get a medal or get a letter from the one of those form letters we call them from the president about how you served your country well no it's you know there's still people with the mindset of oh you're just weak you know it's not yeah. that you're weak you're going th if you're listening to us tonight and you're just going through a really good no a really bad no good just terrible day. Um, yeah, the storms pass. You're not alone. And that's the reason why John and Jared and I have started this is for those that are having those issues that are, you know, fighting those demons. Yeah. I mean, and even on the, the first responder side, I mean, it's, there's still that passion for the job and, you know, it's it off. It costs your life yeah. when 
when when this is when <clears throat> this is your life and you know it could be marriages money time happiness yeah and all those contributing to i mean we joke around a lot and we can here um john and i have a very dark sense of humor and we actually lighten it up for <laughs> for <laughs> uh so he doesn't have to edit out a lot more um so far i've edited nothing but blank space once yes uh, everything yep. has been exactly true to what you see. That was see probably the, the start of the first one. You the start said, of the first one. Went, yeah. yeah. You're recording. Wait, what? And that was the quietest I think John and I have ever been. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, I mean, the the dark sense of humor is one way to, it's to how you get cope. through. It, it's yeah. one coping mechanism uh, that a lot of people usually in, in my um, status or societal you know the fact that i'm a civilian don't fully understand that dark humor me personally i love the dark humor but <laughs> that that's how that's i, why we that's get how along I cope as well <laughs> but without having a, a survivor's yeah. guilt like this uh, but i mean i guess i kind of do have a little bit of a survivor guilt when you think about it, because i didn't enlist a lot of my contemporaries mm. en enlisted yeah. i mean you're we're the same age you enlisted uh the guy that challenged me uh you know, when 9-11 happened, the first thing he did was try to enlist. He mm -hmm. was a little too young. So that, that was his way to do it. So the fact that I didn't go, uh, you know, does affect mm -hmm. a little bit. I have a lot of a lot of friends that are probably not watching but should uh, on my Facebook feed that went. And even though all of my friends have made made it back home i know that they have a lot of friends that didn't yeah that they met while they were deployed yeah. that didn't make it back home and then it's um and then just sitting back and and thinking about your comment of i didn't go in that that is a form of survivor's guilt yeah yeah, absolutely. And I've talked to people in the past that have, you know, my friend made it in. I didn't. Medical reason, asthma, you know, whatever, whatever the list goes then, on. Yeah. And I didn't make it in. And then he went over and didn't make it back alive. And they sit there and they're like, well, you know, that's my fault. I could have been there. Yeah. No, no. We got to remember it's not our fault. We got to stop taking control of a situation that's already passed. Right. I mean, if if a house, you know, if something happens that's drastic, you know, say you run a red light and, you know, you hit something, hit another vehicle, you know, the control's done. Right. It's too late to fix what's already happened. Yeah. I mean, we can fix it all. You can, you know, if you break a bone, they can fix you up. We can fix or replace the cars. But as as we spoke last week, when the bone analogy came up, it's still not what it was before. Yeah. Uh, a car, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've had, we've talked about cars if it's been in a major accident. It's not yeah. the same. You know, you, we're in Michigan, you hit a deer <laughs> and you have to, you have to get the frame bent back out. Yeah. The car still doesn't handle the same. It may look may look the same on the outside, yeah. but it's not the same on the inside. Ooh, that's a good metaphor. It is. It, it looks the same on the outside, but it definitely it isn't on the inside. Um, you know, back when I got my TBI, my my brain injury, second one, uh, this would have been 
three years ago, um, I rolled a, a truck and it was a big diesel, uh, still valued pretty good at that time. They fix it up like nothing ever happened. I mean, I looked at them like, dang, that, that looks pretty good. Well, then I started noticing things. You yeah. know, it went into a ditch. There was water in the ditch. Water in vehicles don't exactly get along okay. Right. Um, on the outside, yeah, it looked great. But on the inside, everything just didn't quite fit as well as it did beforehand. And, well, we went. We went yeah, forget I mean, that. We, we got about, you know, a little more than 10 minutes, 10 minutes. left. Uh, so we've talked about a lot of the causes of guilt that can happen. Yep. And, you know, and we go back to our title. Um, so the, I think probably one of the biggest points of this show that we're really looking at is reducing that first part or the, the second part of that quote. I had to say it in my head again. Uh, the second part yeah. of that quote is reducing that part and how you know it's living or no die, no dying is, is easy yeah dying is easy but living is harder so why would we continue to want to live and, I mean, and even, what do we do to you know what what are what are the coping mechanisms that can be used even if you go farther into the hamilton storyline uh his son was oldest son was killed in a duel and ironically, Hamilton was killed in a duel. But at the end, it, during that musical, it as um, Burr shoots his pistol, you can see they kind of go back and flash back through Alexander's life, and he can see, okay, is this it? Is this when I die? Am I going to meet my son? And you can see how everything was brought to him to that point. Um, we're here because of choices we made. And for me, personally, you know, keeping all those different brains aside or um, looking back and trying to take control of something that we never had control of in the first place, that's the biggest thing we have to combat. And, you know, everybody says, oh, just go ahead and let it go. Um, no, that that's a Disney Right. Song. Right. That's not something that you can do easy. Um, you know, it's just like saying, you know, when somebody's in a panic attack, oh, just calm down. It's like one of the worst things you could say to somebody in right. a panic. I've been try, trying to calm down. Try, That's why I'm in a panic. Let me try to tell your mad wife that. That's <clears throat> yeah. Um, you know, just go ahead and calm down. Just go ahead. No, the coping techniques that we needed to get. Number one, the biggest thing that I can give for anybody that's out here listening they're going through a rough time. Start building your support. You're not going to be able, you know, it took me years to figure that part out. Yeah. Build your support now. And, you know, I kind of asked one of the, a question like this at the last Warriors Hope uh, drive through dinner. And and one of the things that, the, that somebody I've known for a long time, his son was the best man at my wedding, so I definitely knew him. And poor you know, guy, right? <laughs> uh, he spoke about making sure to get involved with a veterans group, uh, yeah. as a way to build. Now, I mean, being a Vietnam veteran, he's talking about an American Legion, 
yep. or uh, or a VFW uh, organization. But That's there's tough. more. But there's more than that out there yeah. too than those. Uh, there's a lot of Facebook groups out there. There's to, a ton of them now to just get with people who have gone through the same thing and being able to talk openly about it. There's actually the suicide hotline for veterans. It's also a part of the national hotline. Okay. Uh, government or not government run. Sorry. Um, but it's the national suicide hotline. Um, I wrote all the numbers down. I don't know where I'd laid them. They weren't but, on that postcard that you, or the <coughs> card you just No, it was on oh, okay. another one. Oh, okay. Because I knew we weren't going to follow that outline. Right. I don't know why I write an outline eh, It's close enough. It gets you talking a little yeah. bit. It helps clear um, up those uh, empty spots so I don't have to edit those down anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but there's also, I found out today, there's a first responder suicide outline. That's still an offshoot from the main. So there, It's it's funded by some yeah. another source, but there's even a uh, cop-to-cop hotline to okay. help when you're just struggling and i found out today for i mean this is like i said this is for veterans mainly but objective zero um is an app that i have here and it's gonna populate here soon well we're, we're using up most of your bandwidth by doing a live video yeah that's fine but that's all people that are on this objective zero that you can reach out to. That's a, uh, and so anybody listening, if you go on objective zoom, zero, zoom in on it I or don't, something. No, but the button didn't work. Actually, oh, but um, but there's places out there. You just gotta be willing to look for it. And we, you know, we're there. You know, Warriors Hope is there. SDC's there. You know, do we know what you're going through? No, absolutely not. I mean, I, I can relate to people in combat, mm -hmm. but I'm never going to tell. Even if a person that was deployed to the same area, I might say, I understand what you're talking about because I have no idea what that individual is going through. Right. And that's part of trauma. It affects us all differently. Um, but uh, John says it's called cop line. Cop line. Thank you, John. See, I knew he was good for something sitting there. Right. He, he um, was just sitting, sitting at home typing. Yeah. Uh, it's the best conversation we've had, John. No. Uh, yeah, but cop lines out there. There's uh, one for firemen. There's one for, I mean, you you got to look. And it's not the time to look when you're at that point where you're tying the noose or loading the gun. Right. You need to look now. Plan ahead. Um, just like every call that first responders go out to, they've already planned ahead. Yeah. And, I mean, and if you think that you're, Oh, that's not me. That's not going to be me. Write it well, down anyways. Assume that it is. Yeah. I mean, you, you've you gone into many different life-threatening situations by this time. How yeah. many of those did you go into unprepared? And it's like, well, it's kind of what John had said last episode of, you know, he didn't make one decision that day in that call that he described. Right. He just reacted to his training. And uh, I know my unit always, and a lot of the Army units have it, train as you fight. So it means if you're going to fight with body armor, with helmet, with gloves, with iPro, with you know all this different gear, then train like it. Oh, yeah. 
because once it gets to the battle and then you put the stuff on, that's too late. Right. And it's the same thing now in, in our lives as veterans and first responders and active duty and, and all that is we have to train ourselves now. Um, so when it gets to that point, and we pray it never does, but if it gets to that point, you know what you're going to do. You know the steps you're going to take. Um, you know, to enter and clear a room. Okay. I could probably still, you know, a little bit slower, <laughs> a lot slower, but I could still get the basics down because I trained hard. Right. And, and we did that muscle memory. Yeah. I've, I've got it saved in my phone. Yeah. Do I think I'm suicidal? No, nope, not at all. But I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. You know, just like those that we've talked to, you know, I've talked to plenty where, you know, yeah, I'm good. I'm not suicidal. I'm fine. And the next day, something happened. You know, we don't know what. We don't know what tragedy they went through. But then I get the phone call. Hey, so-and-so just, he's, he's gone. I'm like, really? What right. happened? Well, they found him in his storage locker with a hole in his head from his nine mil. Really? I talked to him like two days ago. He was fine. Exactly. And... We we can always put this front on for those that don't know us very well. And how are we doing on time? I know we're getting close. We're getting close. We got but, a few few minutes. So. Okay. Yeah. And I know we'll be kind of an hour esque kind of ish time. Um. Yeah. Have fun editing that one out. Right. Flash <laughs> flash. <laughs> um. Seriously though, if you're out there and you're listening to this through Facebook. And now through your podcasts. Um, but no, if you're out there and you need that help, uh, just send, yeah, simple, send us a message. Yep. John and I will get back to you as fast as we can. Um, or look up Warriors Hope. Or, I mean, I could name other, you know, Wounded Warriors, um, yep. DAV. It, just look something up and have it there. And as a true testament on how fast Dustin or Ken can get back with somebody uh, doing those 22 push-ups, uh, uh, somebody I went to high school with recognized that, and he had a veteran in his life that was having issues. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And yep. Warriors Hope got on it that day. Uh, so, I mean, and, and I'm sure every other organization yeah. li like it. We'll get on there right, right away, and they contacted uh, his spouse to to get in touch with closer organizations that can physically get in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been at speaking events where uh, I spoke, and afterwards somebody came up to me and says, hey, I've got a son in Tennessee. I was like, hey, I know somebody there. Turns out they're 20 minutes away from each other, and they've been able to help. You're going to lose that thing, aren't you? It's gone. It's gone. Um, his mic stand did not last. The okay, it's back on. Okay, it's back on. I got it, John. We're gonna figure something else out for that right. next time. Um, but no, seriously, if you guys even just want to talk, uh, um, John or I or even Jared, I will meet you. I, I mean, I've got quite. I've got an ear. Yeah, I've got an ear, and hopefully some inappropriate jokes that'll that'll help you out. That'll help. Right. <laughs> um. But yeah, seriously, just just let us know, and yeah, 
are we here to say that we've got it all together? No. I'm pretty sure I covered that in my live stream last Wednesday. We don't have this all together. I haven't figured it all out. But I'm also there to help you figure it out. Because it's the brotherhood or sisterhood of the uniform and of first responders doesn't stop just because the clock says, well, time's up. doesn't stop just because I've got the nice DD-214 right. blanket, which is your exit papers. It doesn't stop because your shift's over. No, it, the only thing that's going to stop it is is the finality of it, and we'd rather you, uh, you know, only the good die young. Yeah, we'd rather you guys stick around with us because we're going to be here a while. Right. But, um, so that looks about our time. About our time. Um, thanks, so John, let, for listening. Thank you, and thank <laughs> thank you everybody else for listening too. Uh, li- living is harder, but it's worth sticking around for. Yep. There's more than just you that's involved in this, and yeah, as much as we think we're not gonna take that, you know, people won't be affected by it. Hate to tell you, it's yeah, it's gonna affect a lot more people than you think. But um, haven't got the topic for next week yet. Uh, I forgot to look. Uh, or not next week. I'm sorry. I did that we, last time. Two I know. Weeks. Yeah, we we want to make this uh, every two weeks thing. Every two weeks. Yeah. Um, now he has the fun of editing all this and listening to himself more. Right. I hate listening to myself so much. <laughs> we just got you out here to bug you. That was the whole plan of I, John not being here. I knew it. I knew you guys would conspire <laughs> against me. You're in uh, collusion. Oh, of course. Okay. All right, folks. All right, thanks thank you, for thank uh, you all for listening and watching. Listening, and uh, we'll catch you guys next time. All right. All right.